We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's the True Faith Podcast. I'm Alex Hurst, joined by a well-wrapped up Ben Wade and Simon Campbell, um, sitting here braving the cold in Seton Dowell to bring you the story of Newcastle United's win at Wolves. Absolutely fantastic result. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit ahead of Norwich on the Tuesday as well. Uh, lads, uh, we all watched the game separately, which is a strange one for us. Uh, I wasn't able to listen to the audio in the first half, so my head didn't fall off. It's Don Goodman's apparent commentary, which everyone's kicking off about, including you two. Um, Sai or Ben, who wants to start? One of you thought it was a really, really poor game. Who was that? I thought it was terrible. You thought it was terrible, Ben. Did I? What was bad about it? Uh, just very um, scrappy. No, no real quality. Um, and it was just the we we seemed to make a lot of mistakes. We weren't really in control of the game towards the end. Uh, I thought we let them sort of get a lot of balls into the box that is sort of has been our weakness. Um recently we kept giving away a lot of uh, corners and stuff like that and we just didn't we looked like we were we were sort of just trying to sort of rest on the laurels with the the one goal. I think the Wolves weren't a particularly good team there. We we could have made things a lot more comfortable for ourselves, but we got the win which is the most important thing in the defense. I thought the back back five played really well. Um I mean, obviously, uh, I was a bit frustrated with the wing backs letting their balls, the constantly letting Wolves put balls into the box. But I suppose when you got Lascelles and Clark in there, they were winning pretty much everything. And and Darlow came out and made some really good catches as well. I thought he was brilliant. Yeah. I was going to say you're right. We didn't really have control of the game. I think the possession stats are something like seventy thirty for the majority of it. But Carl Darlow's not made a save until like the eighty ninth minute. Like wasn't even a save. He just yeah. like straight at him. That's the only thing he's had to do. He's made a few. He's come. Out, I mean, the last five minutes were under a bit of pressure. And he's come out and claimed a few good balls that some of our other goalkeepers might not have done, <laughs> or the other two goalkeepers that we have on staff. Um, I it was it was a shite game for for the neutral, obviously. But you know you'll always be happy to watch a, a game where we're, we we win and keep a clean sheet. I think that's what I've been lacking recently is the clean sheets. So the last two one nil wins have been. Maybe it's just just what we needed to kind of prove that we're capable of that kind of result, rather than let let a nil nil go on too long and then just throw away the points. So it's been refreshing to just like grind out a couple of wins without playing particularly well. I thought we were a lot better against Derby, but yeah, we we'll let them have loads of the ball and then just just took a chance when we needed to. Can either of you remember? I'll show up here. No, <laughs> just keep it because it's coming straight back. Yes. Can I do it? Oh, right, okay, thanks. Can either of you remember what our score was against Preston last time in the championship? 
it was 1-0 it was 1-0 but I'm pleased you said no because like that's the kind of game Wolves away this time Preston away last time no one remembers it no one will remember that Wolves game in three, four years time but you've got to win them and you've got to win them dirty and I've said in the podcast a lot we don't win enough games where we're not on top you know whenever we're not on top in a game or we don't have the best of the game we tend to drop points not even just drop points lose because <laughs> um, against Villa and QBR I thought we should have won both games yeah. so you look at the games we've lost and we haven't been on top kind of Forest aside and Blackburn away aside um, we'll have to do better so it's, I think the, the team's massively progressed as a result um, and it's really pleasing like you say too not really, Derby were played well what a ropey last 10 minutes because we should have been out of sight this one we, this one we didn't play well but Wolves didn't play any better than us if that made sense it's the home side under the home the home form shit and they're rubbish but I think that, you've just described why it was a shite game yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, that, were, we were rubbish but they were even more terrible. rubbish <laughs> they're just a terrible team aren't they That's the, yeah. that was why it wasn't a you asked if how we thought the game was, it just wasn't much of a spectacle. It was too, a really scrappy game um, where our sort of flair players and skillful players didn't really offer anything. Uh, Richie, I thought, was pretty quiet, who's been in a really rich fam- uh, vein of form. And two-game ban, Putin. Yeah. Um, exactly yeah, exactly. He's, he's got another one, so he's on nine now, I think, isn't he? So, and uh, I, it was just one of those. I mean, we're, we were comfortable. I think it was just more we sort of let them... Let, let them get back into the game for the last sort of 20 minutes, 15 minutes or so. And that was just where you're just thinking, oh, sort of the mistakes we've made this season is letting teams that we should have put away get back into games. And that's why it was a bit frustrating towards the end, just because we were potentially putting ourselves at risk of, of something mental happening like it did against QPR, where there's like a pinball sort of in, in the box or something and falls someone. So you run the risk a little bit, just sort of, keeping things at 1-0 and trying to be tight especially when I think we've got enough enough in the team that we, we should be putting a couple uh, goals past teams but I suppose we'll we'll have Mitrovic up front who obviously got taken off at half time because that's, of the risk of potentially getting sent off and, and then Murphy came on um, well, who, won, who wants to go first Ben or Sai talk, talk us through was, he, was it his fault do you think the fans are too harsh on him because it's the it's Split everybody right down the middle, hasn't it? Right, yeah. first twenty minutes, the the bloke was an absolute joke. Like, <laughs> he, he, we'll come on to his goal and, and some of the other stuff that happened. But in the first twenty minutes, I don't think he won one header. I don't think he managed to pass one ball to his teammate, and he did that thing of where the ball is coming towards him, and he's got his eyes on the defender the whole time. Yeah. He's not looking at the ball. He's not trying to think of what am I going to do with this ball when it's when I get it. He's thinking. What can I do to this defender? What, what? How can I get in his face? He's got an elbow up. And he was just doing that for 20 minutes. There's the same old Mitrovic. At least um, against uh, QPR, was it? Where we thought he'd actually played quite well and, and gone back to sort of doing his job as a striker. Derby. Um, but this is just the same old, like... I don't know if it's the away crowd or what, but it's, it's something just makes him stop behaving stupidly. And he, he, he could have been off. But then... He got his goal, which was you know anyone anyone's got to be scoring those. Yeah. It's it's put on <laughs> put in front of him three yards out, and the keeper's already committed. Um, obviously, it's an, a nice easy goal for him, which he's needed. But then, um, just before that was the the controversial moment, wasn't it? Where he's he's chased down the keeper. I mean, I don't know why he does it. This was the other thing I noticed yesterday. He was doing the same old Mitrovic of chasing down 
absolutely lost causes, chasing down the wrong kind of balls and then knackering himself out for times when he could be actually applying some pressure when the rest of the team's pressing. He's too tired because he's just run on his own to chase down the keeper 30 yards for no good reason. And he's got he's got every right to try and go for the ball, but I think you, Dogger, think, think he was a bit... Hang on, I, 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 disagree. I don't think... He's not chasing it down for no reason. There's a ball put through. It's a potential goal-scoring chance if he gets in on the end of it. So he's, he's going for the ball. Obviously, it's bouncing through to the keeper. Mate, I mean, he's obviously taking a risk going for the ball, but I think you said yourself, he, the, you, if he doesn't go for that ball, then people probably kick off with him, saying, "Why aren't you? Why are you giving that up? Why are you?" Not yeah, and, I, and I don't, I don't think there's any malice in it. I think it was clumsy and, as you say, risky, especially because he's already on a yellow card. It's a stupid thing to do. But and I mean, before that, really, is what I'm talking about. He, he, he chases down the wrong things, and then when the team need him to put a bit of pressure on, and when everyone else is chasing down their players, that's when he's having a bit of a rest mm. and just dawdling around the pitch. Dugger. Yeah, I mean, it's it's always fascinating. I've kind of been outside of the mix a little bit this weekend in terms of the football. I did watch the game. Um, we've only missed a couple of away games. I think it's the fourth one we've missed now. Um, you know, it'll be at Brighton. But um, I just it's just so sad that we've, we've just come away with this fucking brilliant win and it's just the, de- the divisive nature of him as a player and... You know, you get the people saying, oh, you know, all the people who hate Mitrovic, that's shown you. Well, so the manager having to be forced into a substitution at half-time for a player who is neither injured nor need to be changed for tactical reasons has shown us, has it? I, I don't quite say that. On the flip side, people saying that, um, you know, he's shit and all that kind of stuff. He's, I, I've never thought he's not good enough. I've never thought he doesn't possess the talent or the ability he didn't display it ever pretty we much we said this before the game in the, in the preview pod we said you have to shout up you have to talk up <laughs> hello lads um, I, me and Mickey said this in the preview pod we said it's not that there isn't a cap- capable player there it's that we think he's too stupid to be the player that he could be he just clearly hasn't got the intelligence at least football wise especially not to play the kind of football that Rafa wants to play, which is all very methodical. There's tactics involved. It's not just about being the more driven, more mental team, which which is all he ever seems to want to be. He wants to be the centre of attention. And he obviously thinks that if, if he's more up for it than the, than the defender, if he can win his personal battle against the defender, he thinks that's his job then. He just doesn't see football in the in the broad way that Rafa does. Yeah, I mean, so to continue my point... Um... I just think he's he's an idiot, and we've said it before. And it's 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 often the stuff that maybe because we're looking for things on the podcast to talk about. Some people don't know this, but lots of people do. You know, I remember Preston at home. My point's going to be those of those of you who support Mitrovic who say that people are using this as as an example to get on his back when. I don't know what he got booked for. Well, I do. It was an accumulation of fouls, but it was the one he actually got yellow card for. He literally stood still. He didn't do anything wrong. So that was mental, but but he should have been booked before that. It was his fifth foul. Yeah, an accumulation. He swung an elbow or or or, or a forearm, maybe not an elbow. Um, and right when when a, when there's a high ball coming to a, a centre forward and a centre back, if you don't jump for the ball, you're going to get a foul given against you because you're the other, the other player is actually trying to go for the ball and you're not. So people, you know, people go, eh, what are you giving a foul there for? Well, it's because the other lad's trying to head the ball. Mitrovic is just standing still, so he's obstructing the player. He doesn't learn ever, which is absolutely infuriating. Um, 
But what what I go back to the other game this season. What have we got? We've got Norwich at home when we're three one down, three two down, and Mitrovic comes on, and he comes on and starts a fight with Olsen or, or whoever. And Bright Gale has to pull him away and have a word with him and say, for fuck's sake, man, we're trying to win the game. Not many people notice that. You've got Preston at home in the cup where Matt Ritchie's a penalty taker and Mitrovic made a massive scene, kicked off, was still kicking off after Ritchie scored the goal. It's just a ridiculous way to behave. You've got Preston away. He's just scored the second goal. He's had a good game. We're not playing well. We're 2-0 up. He does what you just said there, Sai. No needle, nothing with opposition. He's playing well. Long wall comes up. He doesn't look at the ball once. He looks into the Preston player, takes him out, wins him. Rafa gets booked. Rafa hoys it, hooks him straight off. It wasn't a planned change. Rafa went absolutely nuts with him. It was just it was just typical fucking stupid Mitrovic. And it's so boring. You've got Oxford away. You know, now it's going on in the match. Newcastle are playing all right. He's missing chances for fun. And he, and he was lucky not to get sent off there as well. It's just absolutely embarrassing. Now, yeah, he scored a goal. Well done. How how sad is it for him as a as a player that he didn't get the opportunity to, to score more goals in that second half? And he's only got himself to blame. I thought his um, decision to go in for that ball. So I disagree with you. The ball isn't there to be to be won when you're not the favourite to get the ball and you're you're on a yellow card. He's not on a yellow card there. I, I back him. Fine. You're not on a yellow card. You haven't been having an ongoing battle with opposition centre backs and referee in the crowd. But he doesn't. That's the thing. You know, if he's in the same position next week or on Tuesday against Norwich, say he's been yellow carded in the first half and is quite lucky, and the same thing happens again, you'll not change. Yeah. You'll not learn. You'll not um, alter his course of action. And it, it's like it's boring. I'm, I'm sick of talking about him. That's the problem, though, isn't it? Is he's not learning from these mistakes. I think he's a young player. You want them. You, you expect them to make mistakes when they're young, but you learn from it. But he, as you say, it just seems to be he, he doesn't get it through his head that he, he needs to play with a bit more responsibility for the team. It, he's not playing as a team player there. It's all about him. It's all about sort of him being. I mean, you, you've, you've said a few times about how the players really um, are bothered about what the fans think. He comes across as a player that. It does everything for his own sort of adulation when he's on the bench and he's warming up he's constantly sort of waving at people and he's more asked about the fans sort of cheering his name and stuff like that than he is about what's good on the pitch and it's just I just think a lot of the actions that he a lot of the actions he makes are, are all sort of self self-serving rather than doing doing a job for the team and that's the disappointing thing I mean obviously I think as you say we, we all think he's a He's got ability, and there's a lot of things he does well. And he has had some good impacts this season, um, but it's just, it's just not been enough to. He's, he's he's a bit of a liability at times, and that you can't really rely on him. You can't rely on him to, to last 90 minutes in a game, which you we've said it a number of times. You feel like he's gonna he's gonna get sent off at any moment, and you can't be playing with players like that. It's you, you run the risk, and you can't trust someone like that, um, and especially in such an important season where. We've, we've obviously we've struggled since Gale's gone out a little bit um, and we, we don't have a, a wealth of options I mean they keep putting Gufan up front who's not exactly got a particularly I mean he's, he's chips in with goals but he's not a, he's, he's not going to fire you 20 goals in that, that we need um, whereas Mitrovic I think has got the potential to do that in this league but he, he's not giving himself the opportunities to do it because he's doing stuff like that and you can guarantee Rafa's not going to look favourably on that he's not going to think Oh, it was a one-off mistake because he's done it time and time again, and and he's not going to be getting getting the opportunities to to develop on the pitch, which is the most frustrating thing. Yeah, can I, if anyone could make the the argument to to me that he is um, remotely improved as a player or as a as a teammate to the rest of the the lads about 
not getting sent off, not getting wanted by centre-backs, not pissing off the opposition fans, not pissing off the ref. Since he arrived here, you know, getting on two years ago, 50 appearances ago, if anyone can make that argument, I'd be interested to hear it, because that's the worrying thing. And, you know, I kind of cringe when I hear people say, he's a young lad, he's 22. 22? Not young. 22, like, the, the lads who played in the Cup at Oxford were young, or most of them, some of them. Like, 22 is not young, he's going to be 23 this year. Like, the same blokes who say, oh, he's young, you shouldn't expect to do so much. They say he's young, but um, they also quote, oh, he's an international striker, he gets loads of goals for Serbia. So he's an international striker, so you think he should be getting the game because he's he's, he's made it and he's, he's at that level. But then if he has a bad game, well, he's only young, he's just learning. Like He can't have it both ways. Like yeah. We'll finish off on him. It comes down to it. I'm pleased he scored. I hope you're lucky not to have a penalty in mind. Oh yeah, it was a de- well, I mean, free kick just, probably, but yeah, definitely. I know what you mean. Yeah, like, but, but just, I mean, what's the difference between that and what Gibbs did for Arsenal at Hull? Yeah. It was a yellow card. Probably should have been a red card. Yeah. That that should have been a red card. The yeah. guy's not not looking at the ball whatsoever. He's just ran into Mitrovic and blocked Mitrovic off. It's just it's a red card. Like you can't. Well, only because it's the last man. But if he gets on the end of that, he's he's through one on one with the keeper. It's a goal scoring chance. That was the that was the start of it, wasn't it? It was almost like he was unable to handle that injustice, Mitrovic, and just turned into a prick. I don't know if you saw this because I was watching the match with the fucking sound down for the first half. Um, you all probably go nuts at whatever Don Goodman was saying, <laughs> but Richard Stearman, I think, who was the centre-back for Wolves, was doing a slow-mo, it was doing like a slow-motion replay, was saying to Mitrovic, you're going to get sent off, you're going to get sent off, like winding them up doing it. Um, but anyway, that's Mitrovic. He did, listen, he did the right thing by scoring because whatever happens now, you can't say he doesn't deserve his place against Norwich because he scored. And I've said it a long time, and I hope it doesn't happen. If he was Dwight Gale, Dwight Gale's allowed to be a shit house. He's not, but he'd be allowed to be because he's got twenty goals in twenty-two games. Yeah. Mitrovic wants to behave like that, and I don't think he's going to get any better. Then he needs to start scoring on a more regular basis and taking some of the chances that comes along. Enough about him. Um, that we've talked a little bit about the the back five did an absolutely fantastic job. I thought Paul struggled on the ball a little bit, a couple of funny passes, but he did all right. I mean, he had Costa to worry about, and then. Costa did have a quiet game, so you've got to give Paul some credit for that. Um, si, I know you're a little bit disappointed that Colback started um, ahead of Hayden. Do you see Hayden definitely coming in next game against Norwich? You'd think so. Maybe maybe he was even rested for that reason. Norwich is a potentially tougher fixture than Wolves should have been. Um, Colback, I thought, was really poor. Um, he was... I, I, away from home, you don't need... A player committing so many fouls and giving away free kicks and away at someone like Wolves because that's how they might score a goal against you. Yeah, so giving away free kicks outside the box unnecessarily, especially when they go. No, we got. It's not like he's the last man or anything. You know, there's this, there's a back four, the other side of him and who whichever player he's decided to foul on that occasion. The other thing I thought was distribution was poor. He was picking up the ball a bit when he does win the ball, great. But his passing was was way off. He was pinging the ball out of play. He was just launching it into nowhere. He was, he was playing the Nicky Butt passes that we used to lament, just like <laughs> not even looking, just pinging it into into a bit of space where nobody was. Did stop um, a lot of potential breaks, didn't he? Was just aimless, just chipping the ball forward. Yeah. Nobody when we had a two three man break on, he would get the ball and give them the ball back. It was a bit yeah, frustrating. He just he plays far too close to Shelby. So Shelby started. He plays much deeper away from home. So he's picking up the ball very deep and just looking looking at the channels. But then he's got Colback right next to him instead of taking a man away or standing fifteen yards away from him as, as an option. He's just he's right there in front of him or on the back four. 
I just thought he was quite frustrating yesterday. And, and yeah, I'd rather see Hayden playing there. I don't mind Colback at home because teams aren't as in our face or when they are, he, he struggles again. But if if we've got, you know, as the home team, time on the ball, he's okay. But I don't know. I'm starting to worry that he's just not, not good enough for Newcastle. Yeah, Ben, um, I suppose the, everyone else everyone else played well, but the other uh, the kind of thing to talk about would be Lascelles. Why do you think Lascelles has come in and done so much better there than a game like the QBR game? I mean, I, I've already said it, they were putting a lot of balls in the box. Um, he's obviously a fairly tall lad. Um, I think, to be honest as well, there's an element where he did um, get dropped for a game. And he's he's got he he knows he's sort of his his possessions under threat. We've we've got two or three other centre backs in in the squad that could quite easily come in and and replace him if if he's not on his game. So it's that competition that that will be sort of making making sure and putting pressure on him that he's always on his game that he's got to be solid and, and as well. I think a lot of the criticism he got against, for example, the QPR game was because he was really sort of dawdling on the ball. He was sort of just very lethargic, taking his time um, and there was a lot more urgency in his game yesterday and I, I think he, he, there wasn't the sort of, I, I mean I suppose that's one of the potential reasons why we didn't so much have co- uh, control of the game because we're, we were more just clearing the ball in and getting rid rather than trying to retain possession but I think there's there's times where you, you need that from the back four, you, you don't care where they put it, just get it out and get reset. Um, especially in a scrappy game like that, you you might need that. So um, I I just thought he he had a good game. I mean the the lad as well that he was up against Dicko isn't the most mobile of players. I mean he's he's got a bit of pace about him, but he's he's quite a big unit. Yeah, he's big unit doesn't score. Um, so it was one of them where I think he. Um, he, that that's the type of player that he he probably will be better off against. Um, but yeah, it's one of those. I think it's it's good that obviously we've got Mbemba back now from the African Nations. Like you hope, I was, I mean, you, you hope he'll come in because I think he's a really good player. Um, that if he gets called upon, he he can he, he'll come in and, and challenge for a spot. I think Hanley when he's coming hasn't let with down as well. So it's good that we've got those options, and you hope that if if. They are required upon then then they're, they're ready um, to come in and, and do a job for the team. Well, obviously only time will tell. But I mean the, the worrying thing was when Mbembe was last put called upon against Wolves at home. He he had a nightmare and he hasn't really played since. Yeah, no, all all good points. Um, I think that we we may as well move on to Norwich now. I mean massive game. We've, we've, I wouldn't say we're taking the pressure off with this win, but it's certainly not. You know the the worry. The, I say worry. We're very good at this level, as as everyone knows, at, at not drawing games. So, you know, if we if we'd have drawn against Wolves and drawn against Norwich, people would probably be all right with that. I mean, some people wouldn't be and would start panicking because other teams, most teams, we've I think we've gained points on on third place this weekend so far. That's great. Um, so we've got three points. You know, I, th- I thought three points was a good return from those two games, but uh, you know, I think we can beat Norwich. Norwich have the division's third best home record. So very good. Having said that, not really played anyone at home. They've played Leeds and Huddersfield, lost to both of them. They haven't played us at Brighton. Um, I think they, either, they might have beat or drawn with Chef Wed. But anyway, so they're very good at putting the shite sides away. Uh, Preston are the only other team to win there this season. Uh, oh, that's a bad title. Um, <laughs> yeah, live commentary on uh, Swansea Leicester here. <laughs> um, so it's, it's, it's certainly not a not a... 
an easy game, um, or it's, it's supposed to be a very difficult game. A lot of people talk about Alex Nealon's resurgence, you know, this year. You know, they're just outside the playoffs now. They were as low as 12th, I think, at one point. But they haven't played a team from the top half of the table for six weeks. They've had a very, very, very comfortable win of fixtures. And within that run, they managed to lose at Rotherham and draw at Wigan. Although their, their home form, like I've just said, is is pretty good. So it's a, it's a tough one, lads. Um, do you, first of all, uh, Ben... Do you see him making many changes, or do you think now with it, with a nice little gap before Villa, with hopefully hopefully Dwight Gill returning, do you think it'll be the same lads? I don't think he'll pick the same team. I think there'll definitely be a couple of changes, but um, the back four will be well, the back five will be the yeah. same. Obviously, I think of the obvious ones. Oh, Swansea, yeah. one nil. Um, the obvious ones, are, I think you've already mentioned. I think Hayden will probably come in um, for callback. Obviously, Shelby will start. Richie will start. Um, and I think he'll play Gufran over Atu with the view of bringing Atu off the bench. The only big one really is, does he, I think Diame uh, lasted 87 minutes yesterday. He might bring Perez on, but um, hopefully he won't. I'd, I'd like to see, see him stick with Diame. And then I suppose it's the call of, of Mitrovic or do, do you sort of reward Mitrovic with his goal or um, punish him for, for having to be taken off at half-time? The worry, I suppose, is, is that Murphy, when he came on, just didn't really get involved in the game whatsoever. I thought he was alright. He, he, but it was in a defensive... We, we didn't. The whole point you bring him on is that he's been going to be a target man. You're going to get the ball up to him and it's going to stick to him and he's, he's going to keep the ball up the other end. Which which we then did absolutely not with. Not and <laughs> give, I know, I know, but I just think we, we didn't really... Con- that My point is is that you, you want, we wanted a bit more control out of him, I think, and... Um, I don't know. We, we didn't look like scoring when he'd come on. We didn't really create any sort of goal scoring opportunities. So it's a tough one. I mean, he, 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 when he has been called upon before, though, he, he has chipped in with a few goals. So I don't know. They might they might sort of go with him. I think. Um, so I think the only real two changes I'd say would probably I think he might go with Murphy because I think Rafa is one. I mean, you saw after the game a few people picked up on it on Twitter. I think I saw as well that he was speaking with Perez after the game because of his. Um, couple of these decisions he made for the last couple of minutes and you can see Rafa is constantly thinking tactically he needs discipline he needs players that are going to do the right things and I think if you've got someone like Mitrovic um, going about and not, not sort of picking sort of, oh ha. sorry just something that went in the rugby but anyway um, it, you've got someone like that who's not going to stick with the game plan you, you're not going to get game time under under Rafa it's the, I suppose the point it was Reinforced when you met Rafa, he said his favourite player is Clark because they tell him what to do and he does exactly that. You've got the complete opposite with Mitrovic, and you just you're not going to get much game time as a result if you can't trust you. So, uh, a point a good result. Like, what, what are you hoping to get from this one? And obviously, we've gone. I think we've gone seven points clear of Huddersfield. Huddersfield game ground because Reading failed to win and Leeds lost. But you know, do you would you rather would you rather not worry about those teams and take a point or do you think no we need to win to keep the pressure off I don't know I mean how how much of a cushion do we need we've got a decent cushion we've got a game in hand we'll play all those teams though, yeah yeah I know but um, what we're saying is do we want to be so many points ahead that even if we lose to all three of them we'll still be in second like we shouldn't really be thinking like that um, as you've said Norwich have had a bit of a resurgence at home the smashed forest Um at the weekend, yeah, five one. Um, what, 
what's a good result? A draw? I'd, I'd definitely be happy with a draw. I mean, we've got Villa and Fulham at home. Uh, Bristol. Bristol. Um, I mean, if we can get seven points from these three games, I'd rather win <laughs> against Villa <Yeah. laughs> than, than than at Norwich. Um, that said, why not just just keep going with the away form? I think you've you've put a, a number on it. Seven more wins needed. The sooner we get them, the better. Just so we can. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Actually, is is that good? And then you'd rather finish the season strongly as well. But <laughs> going around in circles here. No, I don't think. I do. <laughs> let's I don't. let's win the seven. But actually, do we want to win the seven? I don't think. Rather we, get we, them for the last seven games. I don't think we need to win this game. But momentum's everything. You don't want to just give up points. So I'd like to see we at least draw. Yeah, I mean to to kind of bring it full full circle. Um, I've done that twice. <laughs> <laughs> to bring it full circle, um, that you know, when we played Norwich, what the thirtieth of the thirty first of September. I don't know whether has September has thirty one days, but someone no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. So the thirtieth of September, there's been twenty games since we've won sixteen of them. Not bad, that is it. Like considering. Your pundits on Sky will be like, oh, Newcastle are having a wobble. If the wobble includes being the team's, uh, the division's form team, then yes, we're having a wobble. If it's like losing once this year, yeah, that's a wobble. Um, and if it's 16 out of 20, in the same time, Norwich have lost 9 out of 20 games. Um, they're currently, they, sh- they should have, one could have moved 15 points clear of us um, that night. Sorry, did I say 15? Yeah. Se- seven. Seven points clear of us that night, and as it, yeah, talking maths, and as it uh, as it turns out, we are now fifteen points clearer than, with a much better goal difference, so sixteen points essentially. I would hate for them to be able to close the gap down to twelve points. I hate Norwich. I hope Alex Neil, uh, is is stuck in that you know, just outside the playoff purgatory for the rest of the season. So close yet so far, um, but realistically, Norwich are going to be there, there, thereabouts. So to come away with a win at a promotion rival ish. Uh, and a team that we only finished a couple of points ahead of last year would be brilliant. I don't know what you lads think, but I th- I found Norwich at home to be the easiest side we've played against this season. And I know that's odd because they went 3-0 up, but we're fucking... Sorry, they went 3-1 up. We absolutely battered them. We probably created more cha- like clear-cut chances against them than we have any other side. Um, it just so happened they got a pen before half time. Jerome scores a scream on the counter attack in the score deflected goal with the only three shots of the game. We created well, probably like nine or ten clear goal scoring opportunities. Yes. And that that's because for me, they're the only team this season, home or away, maybe the exception of QPR, who who've come out and had a right old go where like Alex Neal doesn't do defensive. That's why his side got be five 0 at Brighton, because they went out and had a go. Ben, do you think that'll play in, uh, in our hands or do you think, well, actually, no, we're not used to this? No, definitely. I think, I mean, just, just back on your point there, I, I agree. I think Norwich was probably one of our most complete performances, which is mental to think we're 3-1 down with 20 minutes to go. But um, you, you're right, like, Gale probably should should have scored three or four in that first, like, 10, 20 minutes spell and we, we battered them. And it it was a frustrating one because it seems to be... Sort of the narrative for a lot of our home games is we we concede just before half time, and it just sort of completely derails the total dominance that we've had for that first 40, 40 minutes or so in a game, and then we we'll come out second half and the team, the the opposition are, are in the ascendancy because they've had that lift and obviously we're going down our heads down a bit. But um, I mean the fact that we came back just just shows that we 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 put a lot of pressure on them and 
as you said, even though they went three one up, it wasn't as if they sort of like shut up shop really. Yeah. They they should have they should have done and they probably would have won. Yeah. But that the fact that we scored three goals in the last twenty minutes says it all like in two in the last two minutes, exactly. Yeah. So um It'll be it'll be an interesting one. I think, as you said, don't people that praise him for being a great coach, as you say, they don't really have a, a plan B. I mean, you can say that of a lot of teams. I mean, I, I don't know what our plan B really is, but the theirs plays into our hands a bit. As as you say, I think especially away from home, that's why we've been so good because the, obviously the it, the it, it's on the the home team to try and do something. They it's sort of the. Their, uh, it's, it's their prerogative uh, to try and take the game to us and that allows the likes of Shelby to have a bit more space and he can then dictate things so I think it will play into our hands I, I can see we're sort of winning fairly comfortably um, I mean you're right they've obviously picked up their form a bit recently and they've they've got some good players but but it's, it's just they're, they're obviously they've, they've got confidence which I think is the, the most important thing but um, they don't keep clean sheets Norwich yeah. they love conceding goals so I, I think I think it'll be quite a Comfortable game for us. I'm just. I think I'd be. I'd share your optimism, Ben. If we had Gale fit, if he was fit and ready, stretching their defence like he did, yeah. he got a hat trick, didn't he? Yeah. Against them last time. Um, yeah. Time will tell. We're all hopeful. Hopefully, everyone out there'll um, be otherwise engaged on Valentine's night. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not that's on telly anyway. Um, I, I suppose that does it, lads. I think. Done, I mean, how long have we done so far on this one? Uh, half an hour, half an hour will do. Um, we will be back for you. Who we've got at the weekend? Oh, Villa. <laughs> I was going to say we'll be back with an opposition fan preview for Villa. Absolutely not. <laughs> no chance of having a Villa fan on this programme. Um, that's, that's Monday, so we'll probably do that Thursday. Uh, yeah, thanks to everyone who retweeted the George Colton podcast. I thought that was a really good podcast, if I say so myself, uh, even though it was a little bit uh, negative. But the truth, the truth. Um, and thanks to everybody who listens and we me myself Simon Ben will be back with you <laughs> you, you and yourself I was going to say I thought you were going to go with me uh, I'm trying to just first. get Is that this your three Twitter accounts <laughs> <laughs> right thanks for listening when you make decisions for your company you always look for the no brainers and if you have a lot of mailing and shipping to do stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer it streamlines your process to make your business more efficient which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, books, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart if you sell online, schedule package pickups through the dashboard, and automatically see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers, with rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are, even on the go. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other business decision makers with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.